Hello, and welcome to the Travel Japan with Wes Mather podcast. In this series, we explore living, working, studying, and of course, traveling in Japan. I hope to inform you on how to travel smart, safe, and with confidence, all while hopefully having an amazing time abroad. Everything you hear will be based off of my personal experiences, research, and experiences of others that I know. I'm your host, Wes Mather, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening, and now let's begin. So, uh, Thank you all so much for joining us. This is、uh, season one, episode seven of the Travel Japan with Wes Mather podcast.、Uh, a podcast where, as you may know, we discuss what it is like to work in Japan, live in Japan,、uh, or travel in Japan. And today we're going to be covering the topic of public transportation and housing in Japan. Whether you're coming here to live or to travel, the best ways to get around and、uh, the best ways to find comfortable and accommodating or and cost effective accommodation and the pros and cons. Of some of the options I've been able to experience myself. Joining us today is our co host,、uh, Brandon Bates. And how are you doing today, Brandon? Pretty good, Wes. Pretty good. Glad to hear definitely, it. Definitely been a run for me today.、Um, as you know,、yeah. I discussed with you earlier, I'm making money on cryptocurrencies right now. So that's fun. <laughs> Here we go. That sounds fun. It's a level of fun I wish I could be partaking in myself. However, Not with us today.、Uh, and as in、uh, many of our other episodes, we are going to begin today's segment, our today's show, with a news segment covering a couple current topics in Japanese news. I'm going to jump into it with a question, with a topic I've gotten actually quite a few questions on in other live streams, and that is Super Nintendo World,、uh, which is being opened up by Universal Studios Osaka. However, as many people are surely aware of, due to the pandemic, Many theme parks are not having the best of years, or years, I guess now, or in 2020, 2021. So, to combat that,、uh, because they have put in so much work and、uh, effort and years into developing Super Nintendo World, they are opening it up、uh, to be a virtual tour,、um, virtual tours of the Super Nintendo World.、Uh, so, that is something you can do online. We'll maybe link, put a link to that、uh, on the Twitter or on the Discord so you can ch- all check it out. And that is basically、uh, from the perspective of a tourist of Universal Studios Nintendo World. You can explore the、uh, town that they've set up for everybody. And the photos here look fantastic. I think it should be a mix of like nostalgia or and excitement for any fans of the Nintendo or the Mario series. It's kind of funny to think that they're taking something virtual and then making it into a reality in USJ, Universal Studios Japan, and then they're making it back into a virtual thing. Uh, but it seems to have translated pretty well. And that even includes checking out all the foods you can eat、uh, the kappa shell, curry buns, and、uh, some Yoshi themed mint slushies, which look delicious. <laughs> Man, I'm just saying any business that can capitalize off of Nintendo is always going to do it. <laughs> they're like,、yeah. like, they're like they're, as long as、uh, Disney profits from Disney products, I know Japan can. Or, yeah. <laughs> Japan will、yeah. always profit from Nintendo, man. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm so I really want to go. It looks so dope. Oh yeah, right back at you. No joke though. Watch there be a Nintendo streaming service in the next couple years. Nintendo Plus. I wouldn't doubt it. I'd probably pay for it to be quite honest. Nintendo <laughs> themed TV shows. Maybe I should pitch that idea to them so they can hire me. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> anyway, so that basically covers that.、Uh, fantastic ways that companies are getting around the pandemic so people can be entertained safely because pandemic,、uh, being quarantined, you know, has definitely a mental toll on so many people, and entertainment is a great way to combat that. So I think that basically wraps it up for our first topic. And by the way, for anyone listening,、uh, if y'all can't hear me so well or anything like that, or、uh, there are any te- technical difficulties, 
uh, please definitely hit us up in the comments. comments. Yeah, Appreciate definitely let us know in the comments because it's still kind of beta how we're uh, doing these streams, and That's we're right. learning as we go. You know, we're learn everything we've we've done for the last month. We've just been learning as we go. So yeah, there we um, go. Uh -huh. All right, Brendan, what do you got for us next on uh, Japan News? Um, let's see here. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen so people, everyone else can see it as well. Oh, very cool. So, uh, we're going to be discussing um, the top 100 manga of all time were chosen by a survey of 150,000 people. Um, Japanese people, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, it is kind of uh, obvious, in my opinion, what the uh option or what the winners were um but i'm kind of sad that my top number one manga of all time is not in it oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no but yeah you know um they definitely just kind of had an idea um from like a you know top five or top 100 uh manga were released of all time and a uh, poll was put together it was done in january so this month and it was done in two different parts, but looks like number five was Dragon Ball. Naturally, really? that's going to yeah. always yeah. always be in the top five. Uh, it's kind mm -hmm. of funny that Dragon Ball has um, just blown up the way that it did over the years because it, yeah. it, I don't know, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And they're still pumping out movies and it's still better <laughs> every time they come out with a new one. And uh, I think it's funny that Dragon Ball has a lot of inspiration from the movie Akita, which we watched during oh, our yeah. pot or during our Discord anime night one time. If you like watch Akita and you see like all of those like superpower vibes, you get a lot of Dragon Ball involved. But it looks like Detective Conan was number two or number four, sorry, number four mm -hmm. um, on on that top five list, and. Detective Conan is absolutely hilarious in my opinion, and a lot of people do dubs on that uh, anime series on YouTube, which makes it even funnier. Just a just a heads up, but yeah, we got well, Slam Dunk as well for number three. I All personally right. haven't seen or read anything from Slam Dunk, but um, I also don't know what the manga culture is in Japan. I mm -hmm. know what the manga culture is in America, and. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me that I wouldn't know what some of these are because I didn't grow up reading the manga that were interesting to people in Japan. I grew mm -hmm. up reading manga that people were interested in in America. We've got Demon Slayer. Obviously, that's a great one. That's a wonderful Ooh. one. And as I you agree. know, like anything that's going to be in these top five, if not the whole top 100 list, I guarantee there's an anime for it now too. Mm -hmm. If you're someone Absolutely. who doesn't want to invest or read manga, which mm -hmm. I prefer manga much more in-depth story just like reading any other book compared to watching a movie and then number one we're gonna go with one piece you know let's yeah. let's yeah. get the outrageous outrageous long series of one piece out of the way because i don't know how they're still coming out with episodes for that but it like it's been going on for like yeah it's it's like a two decade yeah. run man they just, they just keep pumping out episodes of one piece all the time um, but that. as you can see, the top 100 list is right here. If you didn't get to see anything that you was in your top 10, um, if, you know, mm -hmm. or it's more than likely on this list because the one I was hoping yep. they pull up was Full Metal Alchemist. 
but it made Ooh, number nine. Number nine. Made I made number that. nine. As you can see, I'm a I'm a big Full Metal Alchemist fan. Got all the manga Ooh. right here. Yes. So, Look at that. Support that fully. Um, I never read the manga. I got to check it out. It's it's a lot more like Brotherhood series, like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, than heard, the yeah. just Full Metal Alchemist anime. Mm. So if you if you want to if you like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, you'll love the manga series. It's it's way better. Um, I'm gonna jump on that then. Yeah. But yeah, they got the whole yeah, top 100 it. list here, and that's, right. that's that. We can post uh -huh. the link um, in the description after the podcast or after yeah. the stream is done. Uh, mm -hmm. We can also post it on the, our Discord channel if, or server if you guys wanted to uh, exactly. take a look at these top 100 if you're interested. Uh, so, yeah, fun, yeah. fun stuff here. 150,000 uh, Japanese people. So if you are looking for anything, just manga recommendations, I think this would be some good ones. Haikyuu is definitely on here. Jojo, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, I see. Mm -hmm. Some titles I've never heard of, too, like uh, Touch and Phoenix. Banana Fish is on here. I know that one. So I'm going to be checking some of these out, too. Yeah, if it's, if it's good enough to be in the top 100 for <laughs> native Japanese people, it's got to be yeah. good for us too, right? <laughs> and it is interesting how you touched upon, like, the culture for reading manga is, I think, fairly different here than mm -hmm. in the States. And part of that, so Slam Dunk is, uh, I was in a basketball club in university, not nothing like serious, but kind of pickup games with friends. And a lot of them uh, asked if I had read, read Slam Dunk or said that Slam Dunk was a favorite anime or a manga of theirs. But it being older, um, I think it did, it was more prevalent in a time where manga and anime was definitely not being marketed almost at all, probably in America. So I think that could be a difference um, for some of these, just the marketing tactics. Uh, some anime definitely in uh, decades past could be marketed uh, solely in Japan. However, whatever teams or companies market manga and anime in the States or in English actually may not have picked them up or may not have thought they were as marketable to an American audience. What's kind of crazy is a group of friends and I, when I was mm -hmm. in high school, which um, was over 10 years ago now, yeah. 10 years ago, manga was like still in no way a uh, popular thing in America. But somehow oh. me and a group of a small group of my friends, uh, primarily my friend Cameron, was able to push the school to allow us to have a manga club in our school. Oh, heck yeah. So that was kind of hey. cool. You know, just oh, geez, our school right? kind of was progressive enough to allow us to have a manga club. And we also started a Go club, which was really cool, too. So we got to play Go and read manga. <laughs> That's so cool. Always for taking initiative out there. I'll be yeah. enjoying. I'm all about a manga club. Yeah, so, so if you're cool. here in America and you don't have a manga club in your high school, make it happen. <laughs> just do it. Just bug hey. your principal enough. They'll let you have we'll it. I guarantee it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. Tony P. FMA is amazing. I full, I wholeheartedly agree. And yeah, so that's a pretty solid second on manga. It's cool that people are still, or things in manga are still making the news. Uh, let's jump on to our next segment of news. Anything else you have to add on that, Brendan? Nope, that's it. That's all I got for... Uh, manga. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Our last segment of news we pulled up is uh, just pretty, I think, fun and has uh, historical ties. So um, firefighters in Japan, the Tokyo Firefighter Department has demonstrated how people fought fires in the Edo period. Um, actually, for, for a lot of Japanese history, it was fought in very interesting ways. And they have these demonstrations where these traditional uh, bamboo ladders that were kind of like erected on the spot really quickly. And then firefighters uh, dressed in traditional Edo period 
uh, clothing, sometimes called a hati, would uh, climb up these things like really fast. And in the photos, they're um, they're like somersaulting down and somersaulting up and things like that. And uh, just ways to really quickly climb multiple story buildings in the past before the time of fire trucks, where they would be able to hoist water up to second story fires and get people and uh, belongings out of um out of these burning buildings and it's just a really cool demonstration uh it's really awesome how they went all out with the uh, co costumes and dang the physical capability you probably have to do to be able to climb these ladders and somersault down them and uh mm -hmm. the buckets of water up of them are fantastic <laughs> it's acrobatic man <laughs> yeah uh -huh. it's like something right. out of a circus in america <laughs> it's so, so much the amount of training edo period firefighters in japan probably had to go to i yeah, yeah no joke yeah, performing acrobatic stunts on top of bamboo ladders. And this was a uh, New Year's celebration event as well, too. Mm. Yeah, you have, to, you have to think of, like, how fast and uh, punctual you'd have to be as a firefighter of that time period. Everything, yeah. all the houses were made of thin wood and paper, pretty much. Things would just uh -huh. light up uh -huh. into flames with, <laughs> right? so quickly. It'd be so hard for uh, um, firefighters back then with the lack of... The technology we have now today for firefighters mm -hmm. but also <laughs> wow man yeah seeing them yeah. climbing these uh what is that bamboo ladders and yeah uh -huh. they're flying up those things like right. they're walking on air it's it's yeah. cool it's really cool yeah. man right? they gotta be no carrying joke. water with them too <laughs> uh, the fact that modern day firefighters can somehow do this i don't know how much training they went through but yeah it's impressive too the skill is called uh Zazomeshiki and the Edo period for anyone listening uh, took place from around 400 years ago, began around 400 years ago and ended around 200 years ago from 1603 to 1867. So that is how fires were fought in Japan in uh, historically. Very interesting. And again, these photos are interesting. Uh, we'll have links to these on Twitter as well as in the Discord server. Well, did you want to? This was the last one on our segment, right? This yeah, our, correct. That's all I got. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right. Did anyone else have any comments uh, about any of these subjects? By the way, if you want to look at the comments for a second, yeah. Let's see uh -huh. here. Hacha got some MA full Metal Alchemist uh, love right here. Very cool. <laughs> one piece, a thousand chapters now. That's thousand insane. chapters. Wow. I'm gonna one day. I knew. Was, I knew it was up there. I knew One Piece was flying like still high. Uh -huh. Everyone's still watching that. Right. I can't believe they're still coming and, out with that. Yeah. Demon Slayer is a champion for making it up there. Like being the most recent one, I think the most recent shortest show to be up there. So points in the top five. I know. Kind of stands out. Hmm. Conan has tons of books as well. Um, I have a friend that's obsessed with that. There's like a Conan museum in Tokyo and everything. It's really cool. Um, anyway, good, so good night from Switzerland. Well, thank you, Serena. Right? It's so cool. Good night so to you. Very awesome. We have at least three different countries uh, hopping on in this live, so that's very exciting. Anyway, oh yeah, and then uh, Brandon, thanks again for sharing the screen up there for seeing uh, the fire. Oh yeah, find those firefighter <laughs> things. That's inspiring. I want to do some kind of acrobatic working out, some exercises. Wishful, wishful thinking. Um. Anyway, so uh, New Year's resolution, was, maybe. <laughs> could be right. I'm inspired, and um, that does wrap up our new segment for episode seven and season one of the Travel Japan with West Method podcast. And we are now going to get into our main topic of this segment, which is 
uh, transportation and housing in Japan. So uh, I've been here probably around four years altogether, back and forth with uh, from here to Los Angeles, sometimes working, sometimes a student, and then traveling here uh, a couple of times as well. So I'm going to cover basically with some research and my experience, what I think are the pros and cons of what public transportation is. And the first thing I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk about trains, buses, and taxis, as well as uh, bicycles. The first thing I'm going to touch upon is definitely trains being the most prevalent as well as most likely the first uh, mode of public transportation you're going to hop on out of the airport. And uh, I talk about this a bit in other episodes, but I think it's a very great uh, resource in Japan, basically not to be shy of, to uh, approach and uh, because they can take you anywhere and they're very convenient and there's so many systems set in place to help travelers that don't speak any Japanese to get exactly where they want to go for um, the cheapest price. And uh, the main thing that is tricky for me is the companies that trains are separated into. And some of this kind of does lead to some strange transfers. The main company that does trains in Japan is JR. Uh, and they have the Shinkansens, which are the bullet trains that span across Japan and can get you, uh, can turn a six hour drive or a 10 hour bus ride into a two hour train ride mm-hmm. from Osaka to Tokyo. Uh, they are expensive, you know, as they, as they are packing a lot of tech in there, but that is uh, a great way to get across Japan. And that is also under the uh, JR company. Other companies that are prevalent would be uh, the Kaon company, Kaon company, and uh, the Kinky Tokyo company. I know that sounds strange that, that I say it like that, but um, yes, those are two other ones I recommend. And the main tool I use traveling through trains in Japan, trains being probably the way, the mode of transportation I recommend most would be uh, um google maps google maps has great information and uh great routes that have always been accurate as far as i've seen and transferring and getting any place uh throughout japan that i've needed to go and that's an app that i'm sure many people use in the states or in your home country as well oh yeah japanese train systems are super punctual and on time too compared to any other country you go to and try to use their train systems they, yeah, like they're uh, so punctual. <laughs> so no, it's true. Uh, I can I can only imagine Google says it'll be here at this time and you'll it'll you'll be at point B at this time. It'll yeah. probably more than likely be on point. <laughs> yeah, like clockwork. Um, and yeah. then if they're a minute off schedule, they'll apologize over like the the loudspeaker. <laughs> being like, it's you just know, because it's just because they couldn't late. shove enough people in. <laughs> yeah, Fast no, enough. that could be the case too. Uh-huh. Rush hour on the train. Yeah, so if you couldn't tell, I'm definitely a, a fan of riding the trains. I just, uh, I think they're convenient, but aside from that, I found them fairly aesthetically pleasing. I love looking out the window. Yeah, no, right? Just a marvel <laughs> a of human industry. You, you, awesome. you living in Japan as well, you have the opportunity to ride bullet trains, which, you know, 200 kilometers an hour flying across the countryside of Japan. Yeah. Something you don't get to, an opportunity wow. to uh use bullet trains anywhere else really it's only yeah. japan that really has them and it's crazy mm-hmm. that they've had that infrastructure since the mid-1960s and we still don't mm-hmm. have that in america uh, <laughs> like, yeah, like could you imagine going from america, new yeah. york to california on a bullet train and that'd like so the cool. difference yeah uh, that'd, we be, need... that'd be a day journey that'd be really cool I wish we had that kind of infrastructure here. It'd be great. I'd just be able to do so much domestic travel in the States and see so many of the wonderful States. That'd be pretty cool. One day. Yeah. One, one day, <laughs> not in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. 
Japan is that the JR Rail Company in Japan is actually testing a train that is faster than the uh, Shinkansen boats right now, which uses um about magnets. That. Yeah, which uses like mm -hmm. magnets, so the train doesn't have to touch the track, as well as a mm -hmm. vacuum that kind of like vacuums crazy. the train through. I mean, at some point, I feel like it's just not going to be healthy for my body to travel that fast through space but i'm excited to ride it i saw the tests of it in yamanashi um basically it's like a little event you uh pay like five bucks you can go get snacks and food and then every 30 minutes it'll shoot by and you can watch how fast it goes it's crazy it blew it literally blew the hat off of my head just um being within like proximity of it <laughs> josh bassford asked in the comments are there train passes yes there are yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's another thing I did want to get to next, so perfect timing there. Uh, so I did touch upon this in my first episode, but getting a uh, just a rail pass for riding the trains in Japan is just a great source of convenience. They're called the Ikoka card, the Suica card. Different prefectures have different ones, but basically at any airport, any major train station, you can just ask for uh, where to buy a uh, train card, and they'll mm -hmm. show you where to buy it. It's usually the equivalent of $5, 500 yen, and that's a card that you charge money to so that you don't have to pay an exact fare every time you go someplace. So that saves you money at the ticket machine every time you enter, uh, get on a train, and then it saves you money calculating your fare. So I think that's a huge source of convenience. Uh, and the second thing would be uh, the JR Rail Pass, and that is only for travelers. Mm -hmm. However, that is basically a one-time payment that you pay before you come to Japan. You can do get like, it in Japan too. It's more difficult. It's like two hundred fifty U.S. dollars, I think, right? For yeah, a uh, week? Is it a week? So uh, let's see. They have seven days, fourteen days, and twenty-one days. The seven-day JRL pass is two hundred eighty-seven U.S. dollars, and mm -hmm. then that is riding unlimited trains through the JR company for a week. Two weeks is four hundred fifty-six dollars. Crazy. Five hundred eighty-three dollars. So you can definitely get your money's worth with these passes oh, yeah. if you do plan to travel around japan uh -huh. yeah, if you're trying to go to like a different prefecture a day and seven yeah. days you would make all of your money back easily <laughs> off of that oh, absolutely uh-huh and uh like a shinkansen rail pot uh shinkansen the bullet train ticket is usually 80 75 to 100 dollars based on the day more expensive on weekends or on holidays um but just honestly going two places there and back shinkansen will basically already you already break even uh, with the jail rail pass. And that that's so fun because usually when I debate whether riding an overnight bus, which is a mode of transportation I'll talk about after this, or riding a Shinkansen to get to a destination, I really want to ride the Shinkansen, but it's just, you know, two to three times as expensive. But having this rail pass, which I did get one time when I came to Japan, is just like, it feels like a cheat code. It's super cool. Mm -hmm. You can go anywhere in Japan within hours, it seems. Um, yeah, can't you get like a preloaded like debit card or something like that for travel as well um to like oh. pay for your cards or your your passes oh like, I'm, I'm not familiar with that that sounds cool though i think there's something like that it's like a i'll have to look it up but i'm pretty sure there's like a debit card that you can get and you can just yeah. preload money onto it um oh and there's awesome. these machines you can just if you got like a pocket full of like five ten yen coins you can just yeah just toss them in there and load it on there and over the course of a month you'll have like a free trip if you just really think about it so that's wild that's, <laughs> you know like, oh, yeah the the rail cards i was talking about at the beginning you can charge those and use them at convenience stores and then yeah well, i think so. i think that's the one that, that might, that might, be, the one too, might yeah. be the same one 
That's cool. Yeah, because uh-huh. it's essentially like a debit card, right? In a way. Yeah, I think um, that's something I use uh, pretty often. Because in Japan, they don't really have credit or debit cards, essentially. So you, you, your stuff isn't going to be u- useful. <laughs> like it's a cash society. You're yeah. you're it's you're going to be though. carrying around money, um, yeah. cash money more it's than you are going to be carrying around your card, or at least being able to use it in most places. Yeah, absolutely. Well, more even the past two years, they've made a lot of changes uh, with that. I think a lot because of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, they've mm-hmm. made huge changes uh, to the infrastructure and the legalities too of many things to be more accommodating to foreigners. But yeah, many. Many restaurants, especially the ones I like the most, like the really local uh, restaurants, like the older restaurants, the ones that aren't chains, they will definitely uh, most likely not take debit or credit cards. So um, it's great to have cash as well, too. But uh, yeah, for trains, it's nice not to have to sort through coins, sort through bills, uh, add up the amount of uh, stations you have to pay for every time you want to travel someplace. So that card is nice. And then the JR Rail Pass is definitely a recommendation. Again, if you are going to mainly be spending one week in like one city, you could definitely weigh the cost on it. Uh, you might not, if you're just going to be doing commutes within one city before going to Japan, like staying in Tokyo only, staying in Osaka only, then it might not be the best investment. Uh, 280 cent, almost 300 bucks for uh, a week on that. But if you're traveling between cities, it was a fantastic way for me to go. I think what's kind of cool too is like you can do night trips on the buses so yes if you want to save a few bucks on your trip by not paying for a hotel room one night and you just ride a bus you can just sleep on your trip to wherever you're going on the bus and you get to pay cheap affordable uh ticket to go on a bus ride and yeah it might take six to seven hours but you can snooze on that trip and you can do it at night so that's yeah definitely an option uh-huh and that is the second mode of transportation i would like to get into uh let's see anything else i wanted to cover on trains i think that basically tops it off yeah did you even did you see my- the first class that they've got for bullet trains now oh it's amazing um dude and <laughs> no first-hand experience there but yeah it looks wild. I, cool. well it's, i think it's gonna i think like from tokyo to osaka you're gonna spend like 800 bucks for that mm-hmm. ticket and it's yeah. really not that long of a ride either. <laughs> no, no, um, <laughs> not at all. But you'll be living in luxury without a doubt. You can reclining chairs, full service for food and drinks. Uh, I think free. Yeah, yeah. No, they I've got a TV too. for everyone. They've got like outlets for all of your stuff if you want to plug in mm-hmm. your computer. Yeah. They got Wi-Fi. They got the whole Monty man. It's. <laughs> oh, no, you're living in it's the next the level. Future. You're living in the future for a hot two hours there which is pretty cool. <laughs> first class jr rail pass though too um, oh it's called man the pass. so that i don't know i've never considered riding first class at this point in my life uh on the shinkansen but if i had the rail pass so the standard seven day rail pass usually being 287 dollars, you just throw a hun- another 100 bucks on that 383 dollars for one week and you can ride first class on the shinkansen uh, i've actually got a question about yeah. trains so uh-huh. if I was to visit, I wanted to get the JRL pass. Am I allowed to get, yeah. am I allowed to buy two or can I, it only be one per person? Oh, um, so it's one per person and it's activated the first time, uh, you arrive in Japan, mm. uh, got off of your passport. So you can get two, but you would have to leave Japan and come back as far as I know. Gotcha. 
I'm just thinking maybe I can get you a JRL pass, save you a little bit of money. You know what I mean? That's what happened the first time I got a JRL pass, or the only time, I guess. Um, my mom and my younger sister came to visit me, and they got JRL passes. So they brought um, me one, too, at the same time that I came back from a trip to Korea. So that we mm. could all, I could kind of show them around spots of Japan via Shinkansen. That's nice. That was such a fun trip. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was going to say, because then if I could get you a JRL pass and it would make it cheaper for travel for you, then we can yeah. go do stuff when I visit. Ooh, right? exactly. <laughs> make it a lot cheaper. You can have, the, have a live stream on the Shinkansen. That'd be pretty cool for one of our future uh, <laughs> podcast recordings. I'm about that. Anyway, but we digress. Uh, buses. Um, buses. So, yeah. So let's say a general, let's say you want to get from Tokyo to Osaka. Uh, I don't know exactly how many miles that is. It's a five-hour drive. I think it's definitely uh, a couple hundred miles. I think around 300 miles. However, five-hour, six-hour drive. The bus ride uh, takes a bit longer. It drives slower. Thankfully, safety is key, and it makes several stops along the way. But I think that's a, a pro on And the bus costs about usually $25 to $35. Uh, it's much more cheap if you buy it in, a bit in advance. If you buy it a week in advance, you're going to save some money. Again, it's less... Uh, expensive on weekdays as opposed to weekends too there are many options many companies and uh, most train stations will sell these bus tickets one that i have ridden often is called the willer express bus from tokyo to osaka it's usually 25 30 bucks and it is an overnight bus so you sleep on the bus um i have had a great experience with that if you don't mind sleeping in a reclining chair then i think you're pretty set uh they often have wi-fi they often have a place for you to charge your phone you are usually, you know, sitting next to a stranger. If you don't like that, this may not be your thing for an overnight thing. Uh, some of them do have uh, separate sections uh, for males and females too. If you are somebody that doesn't want to be uh, like traveling alone next to sleeping next to a guy or something like that. And uh, I've had a pretty good experience for 30 bucks on those. Not to mention, oh yeah, I did say it was a pro. I love uh, the stops they take. Um, they usually stop at these really quaint little like bus stop areas in the middle of the wilderness um with a really oh, cool, cool view i think and yeah i love <laughs> kind of like kind of like the cat bus on uh my neighbor totoro <laughs> it's just feel that it's just a bus stop in the middle of nowhere percent. <laughs> yeah but, but, so it's the bus stop but then it's also like a whole little almost shopping mall built around that and it's a very uh... prefectural specific shopping mall so whatever that gotcha. prefecture is famous for, they're gonna market the heck out of that at that shopping mall, which is cool. So they got like they got their um, mascot for that prefecture there. Yeah. They probably got the food that is most popular there, uh, exactly. and like all the other things. And you just that way when you stop, you're like, hey, I really wanted to get some stuff from this prefecture, but I'm not staying. So exactly. grab it while Come you're on. there. That's cool. Right? That's really cool. That's hundred percent it. And there's, I just, I don't know where the people that work there live. I have such a great, a strange attraction to like just driving through the forest for hours and then arriving at like a small little town that has amazing food. And like, um, yeah, I love that kind of experience. And then you just leave back into the wilderness. It's almost surreal. So yeah, night bus is a great affordable. Pepiwa um, food on train. Yes, there is food on trains. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Have, um, yeah. The Shinkansen has... So the Shinkansen has like a trolley that they sell food and alcohol on the train. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I can only imagine, unfortunately, but first class probably steps that up a, a hot notch. Yeah, you so, don't have to pay for any of that out of pocket because it's covered by your 
total yeah, for your uh-huh. first class ticket. Yeah, most uh-huh. trains will actually have uh, washrooms, toilets, and drinking water. And yeah, most of them. And then uh, bullet trains will even have telephones and, you know, carts selling food with drinks and stuff, such. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. And even some uh, inner city trains uh, have Wi Fi. Uh, Kaon between Kyoto and Osaka has Wi Fi. That's a 45 minute train ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, not a bullet train. That's like a, it costs like $4 to ride that train from Osaka to Kyoto. It takes 45 minutes. They have a bathroom. And they have like Wi-Fi and stuff. They don't sell any food, but oh, but food on the trains is kind of steep. So they have like these really great uh, train station little vendors, like little stalls to buy a bento box lunch or something. I would recommend mm-hmm. picking up some of that stuff there. So uh, you can like pretty essentially bring your own snacks while you're on the train, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so oftentimes save save a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with, um, with Wi-Fi being on there, I'm sure it's easy for you to like edit your videos and whatnot while you're on the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the seats are nice. They often have a table that folds out. I bring a laptop and a hard drive and get some work done while I'm on the Shinkansen. It feels so cool. I swear, it feels like I'm in the future. I feel like I swear that my vision blurs. Like things just slant, <laughs> like they do in cartoons when I'm looking outside of the Shinkansen rail. It's unbelievably fast. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Do, do they do they launch off quick and? Or does it feel very gradual? Oh, like a takeoff. It's pretty gradual, but there's a point where. I definitely like feel my body leaning back like that force definitely going back where I wouldn't want to be like balancing a drink and on my hand or anything like that. Um, But it's smooth, Um, you know, what about whenever they come to a stop? Is it, it's also like, yeah, very smooth. I don't, I don't ever remember like any sort of like, (laughs) we got uh, off the subject of buses and got back on trains. Everyone so look, trains are the coolest. We will talk about that all day. <laughs> we will always talk key, about trains. Riding a bike, yeah, I will get to bikes too. All right. Anyway, back to back to buses. So buses are great for overnight buses. And then of course on the bus system for inner just for like getting around smaller places in the city too. Uh buses, a network of buses run by the city do take you to almost every like element or part of a city even a rural part of the city that you would want to go to um it's 230 yen so two dollars 30 cents to ride any bus for any period of time anywhere which is very affordable i think they're usually clean um and just nice i like the buses there i i don't know if it sounds like i'm blanketly just blindly just shooting positivity at the japanese like public transportation but it's been an overwhelming positive experience um, and then taxis. So taxis, I mainly use when I just want to get someplace fast. If I've missed the train or someplace is close or I, I'm with a client or something. something are taxis like but, relatively uh, cost effective? Uh, they are compared to the States, um, definitely. Uh, so the base price of getting onto a taxi to go anywhere is about $3. And uh, usually a 20 minute ride, I can expect to pay about $10 uh, for a taxi. It's much more still more, still more affordable than Uber in Columbus, Ohio. That's for sure. Oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I Uber's not really there. a thing in too many Like Uber's really not a thing other than outside of like Tokyo or Kyoto, right? Like it's it's yeah. still uh-huh. very new. Yeah, I've never seen um, Uber used in Japan. It is more mm-hmm. expensive, first of all. Here, uh, there are some issues with. Mm-hmm. I think that's because they only do like the luxury Uber. Yeah, in yeah, Japan. So they don't really yeah. have like the lower. You know how like in Japan yeah. or in Uber, there's like the different tiers of like 
cars you can have come pick you up. I yeah, think in exactly Japan, it. they only have like the black version, which is like the black car that has tinted Very windows cute. kind of deal. Uh-huh. So yeah, like that's it. luxury. And a, n- a couple other reasons why Uber hasn't really taken off here. One is the uh, the taxi profession is just so uniform, so well-trusted, a bit pretty affordable, and it just goes so far back. Uh, everyone knows exactly what to expect when they get into a taxi, like the same sort of atmosphere, conversation, uh, service. And I think people are a bit more hesitant to jump in, onto a stranger's car mm-hmm. uh, in Japan than they maybe would be in Naturally. America or something. I'm surprised how quickly it progressed in America because – yeah. You were told growing up not to get into a stranger's car and you're paying a stranger to pick you up. Yeah, true that. That's uh-huh. working for themselves. You know, you don't right? that could be their first the person who picked you up, you could literally be uh-huh. their first pickup they've ever done since they signed up on Uber. They're yeah. not trained by that. anybody, they just went and picked you up. <laughs> it's kind of sketch. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> if you think about it that way. I yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> And but the biggest reason I think that Uber is not as popular um, in Japan is just the wealth di- dynamic. Um, it's more expensive to have your driver's license in Japan, and it's more rare to own a car. Uh, stereotypically, the people that own a personal vehicle in Japan, uh, you know, paying for a place to park, paying for uh, the taxes, and paying for the license itself, which is usually about two thousand dollars to take your driver's license test. Yeah. Um, that's usually somebody that is not in a position where they need to be they need a side hustle usually if you invest all that money into having a car and a place to park for your own personal use usually it's because you have a steady job already that uh you can see yourself making these payments on time so it does kind of eliminate then i mean it's not very necessary to have a car in japan because of all the public transportation i've been talking Options. about yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh so it does eliminate that that section that section of society that really you in america i feel you often need a personal car for work uh for sometimes a lack of public transportation and it is more affordable i think sometimes in america so uh i drove yeah. Uber myself in america when i was in the, the tolls are pretty expensive when you're driving on highways and stuff in japan oh, too yeah it can get yeah. pretty pricey yeah absolutely gas uh-huh. is expensive tolls are pretty high um it it, yeah. it does add up pretty quick and not to mention for you to own a car in japan um you, <laughs> you have to have a space to park your car where you live. They mm-hmm. be, before you can buy a car, they'll literally send out a police or like a couple police officers to your house. It could take a couple days, could take a week. They never tell you when they send them out. But you go to a car dealer, say, "I want to buy this car." And they're like, "All right, we'll send someone out to your house to measure your parking space." And they do. They send a police officer to your house. They measure out the space and say, "Hey, his parking space will fit that car. If it doesn't," then they won't let you buy the car. <laughs> like it's crazy. Wow. Like there's so many loop there, or there's so many steps to get a vehicle and be a car owner in Japan. You can definitely rent a car though. If you really need to get around, you want to rent a I've car. That's probably going to be the most affordable way. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And yeah, getting an international driver's license. Uh, so now moving from a taxi to your personal car. Uh, mm-hmm. I did make a TikTok on this, I think yesterday. It's very easy. It's uh, dangerously easy, I think. So it's 20 bucks at any AAA. It's free if you're a member. They snap a photo of you, and then you have a piece of paper that you can show to anywhere, anyone in Japan saying that you can drive there. It's temporary. I think it lasts three months. Um, but that's, that's still not expensive if you really need to like, renew that. <laughs> and it seems pretty simple, yeah. too. Yeah, no joke. And I've rented cars here to drive every once in a while. To be quite frank, 
driving in Japan does terrify me. Um, it's just all on the opposite side of the road from what I grew up learning. Yeah. And roads in the city are a bit more narrow. Uh, granted, the cars are often a bit more small here, but um, I, it's not my go-to mode of transportation. Even if I like really wanted to impress a date, I feel like I wouldn't be that impressive, like gripping the wheel and being like nervous not wanting to talk (laughs) sweating in fear yeah i'm not about to have like a cool conversation while i'm driving in japan you'll be so focused on the street lights and signs that you wouldn't even be paying attention to your date and that's that's very specific to me uh my friends here drive a lot of my friends here drive you know once you're used to it it's just the same as driving anywhere else but one day i'll get used to it maybe Car rentals aren't too pricey either. It's about mm, yeah. uh, ten thousand five hundred yen, roughly. Uh, yeah. So about uh, yeah, uh, about ten. Was that like a hundred dollars, hundred five dollars uh-huh. to yeah. rent them for twenty four hours, and that's unlimited miles on it as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've seen even more in exp- in the countryside. I've seen ones for uh, fifty bucks for a day, but then plus insurance, it always comes out about eighty. Yeah, and. Yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm sure insurance is mandatory, but if not, I was be, just going to ask that. He's getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember it being an option the last time mm-hmm. I rented a car, but I can't imagine because if you have an accident and you don't have insurance, you are in trouble. I feel I'm like sure if you make any, thing. I feel like if you rent any vehicle, always get insurance because you never, yeah. never, never know. My girlfriend yeah. and I rented a U-Haul truck to move back from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and that's a 26-hour drive from Goodness. across the across the country, right? And um, she probably will be mad that I'm telling the story, but of the 26 <laughs> hours of driving, she only drove for about 30, 40 minutes, and in that 30, 40 minutes, she hit the only deer that we saw in Kansas. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. So thank right goodness now. we had insurance because it covered it. And uh, mm-hmm. all you had to do was get the police to file a report that the, you know, that they, that it happened and then gotcha. insurance was covered. But if I didn't pay yeah. that extra like thousand dollars for uh cross country, you know, insurance policy on that, I, I would have been paying Indeed. for thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars of damage on that car. So a nightmare on top of a nightmare. That's wild. Why you guys are okay? Or hope you all were okay. <laughs> uh, I think the deer Maybe. didn't do too good though. <laughs> nope, I suppose not. Yikes. Yikes and a half. Oh boy. Do you want to <laughs> yeah, move on so, the bike? Did you want to move on the exactly. bike? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So again, uh, trains, buses, taxis, rental cars, and bicycles. Uh, bicycles are actually my favorite way personally of getting around Japan. Um, I had a bicycle here as a student. Uh, any place you can ride a bus in the city, you can essentially take a bike to streets here are very bike friendly i see bicycles almost everywhere if you watch any of my videos where i'm filming haphazardly on the street i'm sure you'll see bicycles going to and forth um there are bike lanes on most major streets too and i just love it i love uh, the scenery i love how a small investment at the beginning purchasing or renting a bike too which many people can do you can rent a bike for a month um for about 100 bucks usually which is pretty cool uh I think it's a great way to get around. And I think the added value of it that I personally love is just getting to feel uh, a feel for the city you're in, too. Uh, You can, you know, take a stop anywhere you want to to check out a new store. You can take it easy. You can take a more scenic route and you can get like a mental map of your new area in Japan, which I very much enjoy personally. Yeah, I like I like the idea that you can get the more scenic route, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can. 
you can go down alleys and stuff that aren't meant for vehicles and whatnot mm. and take the take some backcountry roads right you just uh-huh. you just got to remember if you're in the city get a street bike if you're if you live mm. in the countryside mountain bike you know you just got to know yeah. what kind of bike you're looking for for the terrain Good that you're going to be riding in uh so you don't Good get point. fatigued too easily or work too hard to do it i know that yeah. not many people think about that when they buy a bike they just know oh that's everyone's telling me that's a great bike but is it a good bike for where you're living <laughs> I, I never thought about it good. are there I'm rental bikes out. are there rental yeah. bikes by the way okay yeah so um, like, you can oh no go ahead <laughs> oh yeah uh, you can own a bike for a day for a week for a month I just remember one one place uh, by my area in Kyoto. I bought my bike. It was a pretty cheap bike. It was like 180 bucks. Uh, but there was a rental bike, 100 bucks. You can rent a bike for a month. Obviously, this is not going to be a new state-of-the-art bike, but it'll be a bike that can take you on a sidewalk uh, and, you know, point A to point B. And I loved my bike. It had like a nice little basket in the beginning. It had a bell. I just, I was so, I was like a kid at Christmas. thing on the back, uh, I could ride and, and i learned now that that is illegal but i saw it a lot in manga so i thought it <laughs> and that's just the standard bike illegal. that would you really get in trouble too much for yeah, it though like right? like do you do you think that a police officer would, would see that and say something about it i that's what i thought like <laughs> I doubt it. yeah i see it that's uh, such every other reason day, to get in trouble so it's technically illegal to do that. It's even illegal to listen to music or have headphones in while you're riding a bike. But uh, I can't imagine. These are just things that we were told at orientation. I can't imagine you getting in trouble for this or anything significant happening. I think I can really. understand the headphones, though, because mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to your surroundings with all yeah. your senses. Uh, absolutely. The, I, I, uh, a comment we got was um, by Lynn is... Don't some people get around on mopeds? Mopeds, mopeds are so cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, a good amount of my friends have mopeds. So shifting from bikes to mopeds, uh, motor scooters, you don't actually need any sort of license to drive a uh, moped. I think nice. that's under five hundred cc in Japan. I don't know how five hundred cc. That's a lot. Are you uh, sure it's five hundred? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, three hundred. Mm-hmm. Wait. Okay. <laughs> I would say I mean, most mopeds are be- most mopeds are between fifty and hundred cc. Uh, maybe Vespas, scooters, stuff like that. You're probably going to be looking around the 100, 150 cc. So I can understand yeah. like maybe one fifty, even three hundred though. Yeah, are they? I, Their mopeds got some push. Like, <laughs> not many of them, but some of them do. And those ones you don't need a license to either. Anyway, I'm not. I got to find the facts on this too. Um, so, uh, even if you are not a Japanese citizen, you can get a moped without any license. I don't know how safe that is, how good of an idea it is, but it's cool. And uh, you can, my friend just got a moped, he used one for like 300 bucks. And with some fixing up, he, you know, he scoots around town um, and he makes money delivering for Uber Eats on it. Oh, that's uh, cool. <laughs> uh, let's see. You're right. It's, fi- it's 150cc, I think. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you don't need uh, plates or anything too, do you? You know, I don't know about that actually. I uh, know in I know in the state of Ohio, you don't need insurance on a moped and I don't think oh, you yeah. need a motorcycle license either. They just That's you just I think you just have to have plates which Oh, I th- see. To be honest, I've ridden my friend's moped that had 
plates that were a year expired and passed dozens of cops on our way oh, to yeah. a bar and they never cared. <laughs> they just so they just don't care. <laughs> wow. You do you do need to store it here, I see now. Uh-huh. Okay. Um but yeah. So I've never I've never rented a moped. You can rent them too. Uh I've borrowed a friend's moped to get around to do some stuff. Uh just like errands. But I've never heard of anyone traveling and then renting a moped either. But that would be a pretty cool way to get around. I think I don't because you can drive those just on the street, like in in traffic. It's a pretty bold move, I think. But it sounds cool. That's all I, I can saw. Say that. I saw one of your TikToks. You have a friend that helps you get around on her motorcycle. Um, and yeah, like part of the all girls like biker gang or something like that, or not yeah. gang, but a biker group. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. But exactly. um, cool. kind of like a club or whatever. But which is really yeah. cool. Uh, um, exactly. Is is that a common thing in uh in most cities in Japan? Is like uh people who are really passionate mm-hmm. about biker groups and stuff like that? Clubs? I'd say so. Um, I common. I don't know about common. Uh, for I think it is. It's it's fairly uncommon with university students I've met, but it's common uh in big cities. Yeah, I have a couple a good amount of friends actually that ride motorcycles. And are very passionate about like you know doing their uh, self services for the mo- motorcycles and things like that, and it's a very vibrant community. It's really mm-hmm. cool. The really cool people to get in touch with. I linked with them just uh basically by, through random events. I linked with them being in the same school clubs or friends of friends, and then uh, we just got kind of close to there. But um, they're a very cool group to be around with. And nice. Yeah, if you do ride motorcycles, I think dang riding around Japan on a motorcycle is so fun. I've only done it. On the back of one, but it's wild cool, and that's a bike and a half. That is that one is 500 cc, and it, it goes <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a bike, but, dude, you know, for sure. The first time I was on the back of that bike, I was holding on to dear life. I, I yeah. was, uh, yeah, I got used to it though, and it's really fun. Someone so, just yeah, asked about the car fun. culture in Japan. Oh yeah, Japan has a car yeah. culture for sure. Yeah, absolutely. JDM cars, modified zero. vehicles. Oh, absolutely. Uh huh. And uh, there's a pretty vibrant low riding cultures, uh, car culture scene too in Osaka. Definitely in Okinawa too. I've seen a good amount of that. Um, I've seen JDM car meets around Mina Osaka. Um, some smaller ones too in the center of uh, Osaka around Namba and Shinsaibashi. Very cool places. I do want to look more into that. I have some friends that are in that scene. I might want to shout out. They don't speak I'm, English, but I'll. Mm-hmm. I'm personally part of uh, three different. Subaru clubs for Ooh, heck yeah, central man. central Ohio Subaru yeah. is one of them probably my primary go-to and it's nice That's to be part of clubs like that especially on like a social media group because uh, you'll know when people meet up you can get to go ride with people who are sa- who are passionate about the same type of vehicles as you uh, yeah. you can if you need if you don't want to buy a brand new part, you just want to buy a used one for something you need to work on on your vehicle you, mm-hmm. someone's always parting a vehicle out so you can say, hey, I have this year Subaru Impreza or this year Subaru WRX or this year Subaru STI and I need, you know, a cat converter. Someone's going to message you and say, I got this for this price. And it's really cool. And I'm sure that that's a lot how the culture is out there, too, because people are modifying vehicles in Japan all yeah. the time. And I'm sure they have so large groups online now that you can just reach out to and someone's going to say, yeah, I got that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a very tight-knit community. Uh, my neighbor owns like a small car uh, garage, auto mechanics garage. And I see uh, that's how I met some of these friends too, just kind of hanging out there, talking with them. And it seems a lot like that. There's a lot of, to be quite honest, my like auto mechanic Japanese is very lacking. I don't know a lot of the things that I'm talking about. And uh, 
I'd like to make some more media about that scene too, if I get everyone's consent in the group to take some videos or some photos on that. That's so cool. Yeah, I know in Japan there's a huge drift culture too, and it's not just because of Tokyo Drift. It's always been there. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. And there are still yeah, yeah. massive yeah. drift meets in the summertime, and uh, that's one of the things I will like die for to go see is like go to a drift event in Japan, anywhere that oh, it's yeah. hosted. I want to go see it. Mm, we're going to check that out for sure. Mm. Anyway, but, uh, do you want to jump on the last topic? Uh, where to stay? Or sorry, continue. Oh, no. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm on the time. It's so fun to talk about these kind of car things, but I got to check myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we've gone over an hour, so we definitely went over a time limit for the day already. So. Yeah, it's um, all good. What else, what else did you want to discuss today? I just wanted to finish this off by talking about my favorite way to find places to stay that are affordable in Japan. And uh, so I'll talk about how I have found ways, places to stay for traveling here for short amounts of time, as well as uh, where I find places to stay for longer periods of time. And I'm going to start off by basically saying, I think staying at hotels here is probably the most expensive, especially hotels that one can find through a travel agency. Uh, I know many uh, travel agencies have discounts and points. Uh, so if that helps you out, then uh, more power to you. However, many of these agencies do focus on hotels that have a fairly uh, a fairly strong English speaking staff or that cater to uh, borders, which is fantastic and a great amenity. And um, but they do kind of shirk on many of the hotels, the smaller hotels that are catered more towards like a domestic Japanese travelers. And if you do search for hotels, honestly, even with Google Maps, I know I'm shouting them out twice in the same thing. I swear they don't pay me. Uh, <laughs> like around the area you want to be staying, just look out hotels or places to stay there. I found hotels uh, that are a fraction of the price there. If you don't mind you using Google Translate or a translation app or trying your hand at speaking Japanese uh, at the counter. Uh, that's where I have recommended my friends and family to do if they want to stay at a hotel here uh, uh -huh. when I'm in Japan. Now, for even more variety of places to stay or staying cheaper during a shorter trip, I would recommend Airbnb definitely uh, for a more unique experience and also oftentimes saving money. These places can be like, I've stayed at Airbnbs that are just full apartments that somebody uh, doesn't like need at the moment. Oftentimes businessmen, prominent businessmen uh, that own, will have an apartment in Tokyo or something like that. If they go there often for work, they'll rent them out for a fairly affordable price. Uh, compared to a hotel and then you have a kitchen to cook into as well and it's very unique experiences also um sometimes airbnb will have sharing a, an apartment or a, a room of a house with a japanese family or something and i've had friends that have used airbnb in japan that ha have said that the families are all often people that are very interested in uh foreign culture and are very excited to meet the travelers and that includes everything like food sharing a dinner with them and things like that so if that's something that you think you could enjoy oftentimes that will be within the description of the airbnb uh if it has it in english and those are two cool options for short stay and i'm going to rush into my final one which would be a guest house uh guest houses are usually older traditional japanese houses that are converted into a place to stay um for travelers they're often like tatami mats and then a mattress where you could sleep on the ground or for the cheapest options they have the uh, bigger japanese rooms uh traditional japanese rooms that is with the paper walls sometimes bordering like a uh, traditional japanese garden which is very 
Nice. And you can share the larger rooms, usually with multiple people in bunk beds or multiple people staying on the floor. And if you don't mind this, then those can often be like 20 bucks a night, which is a very affordable way to travel. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Season 1, Episode 7 of the Travel Japan Podcast with Wes Mather. Keep the comments, questions, and stories coming to the podcast at westmather.com email address. And we look forward to doing this all over again with you guys next week.